Hello and welcome to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. My name is Dave Deal. This is the podcast for the side cash hustler. If you want insights, real life experience from people just like you on how they started creating side income, you are in the right place. Documented experiences of people creating a few hundred dollars to extra tens of thousands of dollars a month. Make sure to subscribe and review. This means more than you know. Also, feel free to check us out at selfreliantwealth.com. Before we jump into the episode, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Self-Reliant Wealth Podcast. My name is Dave Deal. Today, we've got a very special guest. Started out in Utah, in Provo, spent a lot of time there. We won't give him too much crap for that. I'm sure he went to BYU, too. But uh, this is a guy that I'm really excited what? to interview. What does that mean? <laughs> went to U- I went to BYU. You- I'm just I, kidding, man. I, 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 I got to start it off. you a minute ago before this call started because I love the painting on the wall behind you. But, man, if you're... You're bashing BYU Law, which is now ranked 29, and it's got like so much innovation and awesomeness coming out of it. Then I don't know if we can be friends, but Dude, we're gonna have I'll fun, let you I continue promise. with your train wreck of an introduction. Carry on. <laughs> we're going to have fun. See, and this is what's going to make this episode so much fun. So without further ado, let's just screw the rest of the intro. This is Adam Belinsky. He is the founder and CEO of a company called Crescendo. And without further ado, Adam, let's just jump into it, man. Tell us about you. Um, this is going to be fun. I'm excited. All right. So first off, let's be real. Like... <laughs> I like the name founder and CEO because it just makes me sound like above a normal human. But keep in mind that CEO at this point just means I manage a very small company of six employees. We have some independent contractors and stuff too. So to the extent anyone can be a CEO, I guess that's me. But yeah, it's it's uh, sometimes I feel uncomfortable when I hear that's like founder and the guy who tries to keep things from crashing and burning the most. But it's the thing that most people don't want to do. So you got to give yourself credit there too, right? It's true. You have some definite all-nighters and uh, different things. Like the company that I started, Crescendo, could could have totally gone off the rails a few times and uh, thankfully it hasn't, but, uh, what else do you want to know about me? I don't, I don't know. I love it, man. I give you a grief for uh, being at BYU. My wife was there too. I went to UVU cause I wasn't smart enough to get into BYU. Mm. And, uh, you know, after, after being there for like a semester, I was like, you know what, let's go back to Salt Lake and you can commute to, to Provo. So, you know, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> They'll feel good, bad about it. She went to BYU, UVU. but yeah, she my brother it. went to UVU. Back awesome. when it was UVSC, I think. Yeah, yeah. Before they upgraded and then started having an awesome basketball team and everything else. That's good coming there. I love it, man. I love it. So you studied law, right, at BYU. And is that kind of where your entrepreneur spirit started or was it before that? Oh, man. No one's asked me that question before on a podcast. That's great. So I actually started a company. Um, called Smokestone Videography. Or, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it was called during my undergrad. So I studied broadcast journalism prior to law school. And um, I created a company where I wanted to do like family documentaries. So before grandma or grandpa passed away, you know, interview them and then take images from their life, uh, take gather up any video they'd had, you know, get some B-roll of them playing with their kids and their, 
their grandkids, and then kind of package that together. And there were a few companies in Utah already doing it, but they were charging like 20 grand for, um, which isn't too crazy, you know, for an hour long production, um, 20, 30 grand. And I thought like as a college kid, you know, that was an absurd amount of money because I thought I could do one of these a month and I would have been happy with like five to 10 grand, you know, because I'm working a college job for $8 an hour. And so I created the company and did like all the paperwork and registered with the state and made all these cool flyers. I built my own computer <laughs> to, to, for editing, bought a nice camera. And then before I even had my first client, I can't remember exactly why, but I just threw in the towel. <laughs> so I never even made $1, uh, but it was a good experience. And I did have the entrepreneurial spirit, but something crushed me along the way where I just, I, I ran out of time. I was still, I had a couple jobs and I did some broadcast journalism even after I graduated. So I kind of, I didn't go to law school right away. I worked for a, a couple of years. Most of that was spent um, as a corporate trainer. But before that, I worked for the CBS affiliate in Boise, Idaho. And, you know, ran around with the camera chasing wildfires, which tended to be most of what was happening there, just grass, you know, burning. I got to hang out with burning grass for, for a little while. <laughs> and that probably grass that some other <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I love it, man. But so, it probably stemmed the love for doing the videography and the journalism aspect and I mean, everything else, right? I mean, that gave you a good, a good starting point. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it helped me, you know, it, it wove pretty nicely and kind of to the fabric of my life. Right. Um, and during law school, I started getting the idea of doing an audio outlines type company because I made some for myself. Because even in my undergrad, I would record my notes and I'd listen to them as I was walking to and from classes and to and from finals. And I, most of my notes, I felt like I could package up a semester of notes in 10 to 15 minutes of just the really critical stuff for my closed book exams. During law school, it was a little bit more complicated, you know, to take like a semester worth of property law and boil it down but I felt like I could do it in about an hour. And so I would do that and I'd listen to it like 10 to 20 times on repeat, which sounds insane, you know, just like listening to your own voice for two days straight. But it was nice because I was able to go shoot hoops or, you know, go hiking. Before my torch law final, I went and I just shot free throws for like two days straight at, at the gym. And I used to be a terrible free throw shooter, but like I was draining like 10 in a row, you know, and then I'd like miss one and then I'd get like nine in a row. And I was just like, dang, I'm so good at this now. Like, I don't even care if I pass my final, I can shoot free throws. <laughs> like I, what did torch law give me? <laughs> like nail free throws. Anyway. Oh, it's so awesome. But I think but did so did you pass i did actually i got a perfect score on that final okay so. so i think there's something to point out here right i mean studying in general i i think that's probably why i struggled so bad in school setting because studying was just brutal for me right but if i would have thought hey i could record this and take the audio and listen to all the notes and stuff that would have changed everything and then that, the fact and that you're adding in the action or the activity Sure. Right. It makes yep. it stick better. Yeah. You get your blood pumping. Right. That's, I mean, that's 
one of the ways my company cheats a little bit because frankly you know if you're being physical and you're away from your computer you're engaging your brain better so even if our audios are complete junk like there are things that are making your success likelihood go up i don't think our audio is complete junk like i think it says like we're trying to make it awesome but if it was like it's still it's so valuable to get out and be around doing something mostly mindless you know like shooting hoops and I mean, you're not stressed, right? It helped manage my test anxiety, made me feel really good about myself and be more positive. And yeah, like the stuff sticks after a while. I, I would say you have a better chance if you make the audio yourself because you know what you're leaving in or what, and what you're taking out. And so that's been kind of a, a hurdle for us to overcome as a company. Like how can you make a commercial product that is as memorable as an outline you'd make for yourself. And so that's where all the mnemonics and memory hooks come into play. And then we added things like classical background music um, to aid with chunking, you know, putting things in the correct buckets in your brain. And so we'd use different classical songs for different subjects. And we encourage different activities when you're studying different subjects. And we, we introduced something called audio flashcards, you know, where you, you're asked a question and it pauses long enough for you to think through. And if you're somewhere where you're comfortable doing it, you know, like speaking, articulating the answer. And so we did all those types of things to make our audio, we hope, good enough so that it's on par with creating your own audio in terms of how memorable it is. And partly we think you kind of like co-create the study experience because if you're visualizing places and things that symbolize key concepts, if you're engaging with a memory palace, you know, you walk into this home and you see different things on one floor and then you go upstairs and you see different things there. I mean, you're visualizing it different than anyone else and you're creating, you're visualizing in your brain something brand new. And so it kind of becomes your outline over time, if that makes sense. And, and then people are tortured with primarily my voice, you know, 10 to 15 times to hear it, the, the stuff over and over again. And anyway. No, I love it, man. So when did this idea conceptualize into, hey, I could make money with this or I could provide value uh, for this? Good question. So a good friend of mine during uh, the time right after law school when you're studying for the bar exam and everybody's kind of stressed out of their minds. I mean, you get stressed when finals comes finals are never fun <laughs> and but it's it's completely a different beast when it's a bar exam like people can go crazy and I have friends that did go a little bit crazy just from the stress of it all and just like my law school finals I wanted to create my own audio to save myself you know to have some kind of sanity and so I did I made some audio outlines and I had a friend come up to me one day and he's like man I would just give anything to go golfing today and not feel guilty. So like, if you, can you sell me your audio for, I'll pay you $50 a subject. I just need to go golfing today and not feel guilty. And so I actually didn't sell him anything. I didn't even share what I had because that is the kind of friend I am. I just left him high and dry and feeling, <laughs> and feeling uh, jealous. No, that wasn't why. I mean, I think, I try to be a good friend, um, but the audio that I created was so entangled with third-party resources that 
I felt uncomfortable copyright wise in sharing what I had created for my own personal use where I had a very good fair use protection. But once you get to sharing with other people and then above and beyond that selling to other people, your fair use <laughs> foundation starts to, to fade away quickly. And he of course was understanding of that because as a student of the law, you kind of go, oh yeah. And so um, he forgave me, but, <laughs> but yeah, that's actually where I got the first thought that, hey, this could be marketable. People could pay good money for this. And there appears to be a whole in you know the 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 vast array of study materials i mean there's like there's got to be like 50 bar prep companies now i haven't counted oh, sure. them all up yeah. but there's dozens easily dozens and i i've since found a couple other companies that try to focus on audio there's one called audio learn and there's one called audio outlines and and then there's us and so there's really just those three options that are trying to really focus on beefing up the audio experience. That's fascinating. So did you start at that point then formulating the plan or did you finish school and then jump into it? So that was after school was finished because you start prepping for the bar exam after school. And so yeah. I'd already graduated, took the bar and thankfully passed and passed kind of with flying colors. Not that that matters because you just need a pass. Um, and it's kind of there lurking in the background, you know. Um, but I, I did some other things. Um, I actually started my own little solo practice law firm and that was really fun. So that kind of shows a little bit more of just like this theme of entrepreneurship. When I was at law school, I took a lot of classes to prepare me for that specifically. And then also there were some special workshops, you know, weekend things that were outside of class, didn't get credit for them or anything, but they would just teach you how do you run your own practice. And so, so I started doing that and I kind of hedged my bets a little bit by doing contract work for various firms that I'd worked for throughout law school. So I had some fairly reliable string, streams of income if that makes sense. And then I went and worked in American Samoa for a little bit because I had a buddy down there that every day was sharing, it seemed like a million pictures of just the most gorgeous water, most gorgeous beaches of him and his family, just having a great time, spear fishing, all sorts of fun. And he was working as an assistant attorney general down in American Samoa. And he told me there was an opening in their civil division. I'm like, shoot, like the pay wasn't great, but it looked like it could be amazing. Yeah, the experience. <laughs> and was and so thanks to that friend, I wound up down there as an assistant AG in the civil division. So I worked with, uh, you know, when people were trying to sue the government for money. So I worked specifically with like land use zoning. So when people were upset about that and then also the public safety folks. So if you got upset about how the fire department or how the police department handled things, I was supposed to defend the government and provide some trainings too on like the use of force, you know, and that totally is a big issue here in the States right now. And just generally, right, we're always talking about, was that too much? Did we cross a line there? And certainly down there, it's a similarly big thing. So anyway, that's just a, a really long answer to your very short question. And it doesn't even answer your question. Like it was there in the background. Yeah. And part of the reason I went to American Samoa is I heard work-life balance was really good. So I thought I could maybe work a little bit on my audio outlines on the side. 
And then uh, when I got home, I began working in earnest. I got back in May of, I want to say 2017. And by August, I had a beta um, course. It was just uh, one subject out of the 13 that we offer now. And I had no funding at that point. I was just giving it away to people and asking for feedback. So basically fill out the survey at the end and that's all I want from you. Like I need to know, you know, where we're hitting home runs and where we're whiffing. And uh, that was really helpful. And I think I got just like a couple dozen people to, to use it for the August MPRE. That's like your ethical exam that you take on the road to becoming an attorney. And then and then by November, I had an investor who poured some money in. And then by April of the following year, we had our 13 different courses. And then we'd also licensed with the company to get thousands of practice questions and sell those as well. So it, it all really came together in less than a year. And then ever since then, we've been upgrading and making as many improvements as we can. And as a founder, you know, it's kind of my baby and I see like all the warts and stuff. Like, I think the baby's kind of cute, but like, you know, so there, there are some deformities, you know, like maybe there's three arms or six fingers here and there. And like, though I'm a loving like father, I'm just like, we got to fix that, you know? And so it's a work in progress. And wow, that like baby metaphor is probably super <laughs> disturbing. I've never used it before. Like, and if I thought about it before, I probably would have censored that thought and said, maybe, <laughs> maybe the metaphor should be more like a home you're building. And like, we need to build an addition here and there. Cause that is a lot more tame than thinking about like lopping off fingers of like cute babies and stuff. <laughs> So, oh that yeah. is amazing feel I free to it. edit that out you're editing this out oh right? no no that's staying for sure <laughs> all right well don't judge me too it's, hard bro. it's locked in no <laughs> i have okay. four kids and i love them and i love them for who they are right now <laughs> they don't need to grow a third arm or lose anything about themselves i just love them as they are okay you could ask me another question now let's change subjects as quickly <laughs> no, that as is possible. awesome so i was the, the next question i was going to ask you was the time frame from when you first had that idea with that experience on the golf course mm. to the time of you know you said about a year is all it took how long was that yeah so it was only about a year and change since since, oh, since I, that experience I, yeah yeah so okay. i mean it's been a whirlwind since you you'd think like okay so he started his own firm he went down to american samoa well my time at in american samoa got cut short for a variety of reasons but i i mean you just don't have time to get into everything yeah. but like yeah so i had my own little law firm went down to american samoa came back so i feel like i've had like a lifetime of experiences in just a few years yeah because you know i mentioned the broadcast journalism thing Yep. But I only worked for that CBS affiliate just shy of a year. And then I went and did corporate training for a year and a half and then came back. And so like, here I am 34 and I've had like a gazillion little careers before I started up Crescendo. And looking back, like I actually wouldn't change anything because I feel like every time you throw yourself into a new professional context, you gain so much from it, not just from what you're doing, but also from your coworkers and how they approach things. And so I think it can really boost your creativity. And so the company I started is just this amalgamation of everything I've ever tried to understand and learn and trying to like package it all together. 
And so I remember when I was applying for jobs, just traditional jobs, people look at my resume and they're like, who are you? Like, <laughs> what, what, you sure you want to practice law? Cause like your past looks all over the place, like ziggy zaggy. And I love the metaphor of a jungle gym when people talk about their professions, right? You're swinging around. It isn't like a staircase or a ladder. It's kind of fun, you know, and you view it as a jungle gym and, but you're all over the place, you know, and sometimes you slip and you fall off and you get back on it. But I love that metaphor. Well, I think it's perfect too, because, you know, in the world of entrepreneurship, if you're not pivoting and changing quick, then you're dying because the world and everything else is changing so fast. So, Mm. you know, being able to pivot and change, I think that's probably helping you in building crescendo, right? Because just like you, you know, your awesome analogy, there's things that you don't like and things you want to change and things, you know, you can make better. And just, just to clarify the awesome analogy <laughs> of the house you're building yep, the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carry on. So, but no, you're pivoting, you're changing, you're mm-hmm. having to adapt to situations and that happens quick, right? You have to be able to act fast, you know, and obviously some things you've got to let play out, but yeah. I mean, that's probably helped you get to where you're at today. Wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. And there's some serious blessings of being a small company, because even though it takes more work for everybody, like I feel like you can pivot pretty quickly. And just looking, you know, having a vision of what's coming down the pipe, five years from now, the bar exam will likely be substantially different, be less memory intensive. And so the allure of our types of products that we currently offer will be diminished. I mean, there will still be some memory Um, type components of the bar exam, but it's looking like it will be cut down to about half the subjects and most of the exam will be performance related. So like, let's see if you've got the skills, right? Mm -hmm. Let's test that type of competence. Can we throw a complicated situation at you in a library of materials? And like, how quickly can you, you know, get through that library and address a real legal problem that someone could be having using real law? And we're excited. Actually, I'm excited about that pivot, even though it's not the best news for a company like mine in its current state. But I'm excited because I think that's where the exam should go. Because personally, I hate exams that just test stuff that you memorize. Because we live in the world of like Google, right? Like it doesn't really, I mean, as long as there isn't a mega EMP that just destroys the internet, you know? And I'm not saying that's gonna happen, you know? I, I just, I'm just saying it's, it's becoming more and more unproductive to just practice rote memorization and to test that. Right. It's all about skill, about your ability to research and find answers. You know, people ask you a question, you're like, well, have you Googled it yet? And it's like, no, and it's like, dude, that's like <laughs> the number one, one skill go. you need in life. Like Google it and like watch the YouTube how-to videos. Like, yep. <laughs> anyway. No, I hear you. Okay, so I've got two more questions uh, as we're coming up on time. The first one, um, the first one, when you started using, you know, the audio aspect, have you implemented, you know, stuff like NLP or other types of like, brain functioning or is it mainly just hey look we know audio works and we're doing it or is there some psychology and some background to it as well yeah so I spent you know that time where I was letting things digest since I had that conversation with that buddy who wanted to go golfing 
I spent that time just on the side researching different memorization techniques and trying to improve because I thought, you know, we do want this to feel like people's own outlines, right? We want them to be that memorable and engaging. And so we do a lot of things to try to make things concise and conversational, just like we did in my broadcast reporting days, right? That's one of the skills I got from there and imported. But we also wanted to use things like affirmations and positivity and positive psychology. And so you'll notice when you're listening to our outlines, we don't say things like, you know, don't forget this or this is so important. If you forget it, like you're totally hosed, you know, we never, <laughs> instead we just say this really simple thing. Sorry, there was like a gnat right in front of my face there. Uh, we say this really simple thing, you know, like, you'll remember this. And occasionally we'll repeat something even within it, the outline itself, because we feel it's so critical for them to know, like, this is clutch, right? Like, in essence, we're saying don't forget, but we're saying it in a way that's more affirmative and positive. And so we do that. Um, we try to follow the, the laws of chunking. We try to, to build things Lego brick upon Lego brick, you know, in your mind. And no, uh, we're not endorsed or associated with Lego in any way. And I don't mean to misuse <laughs> their trademark. But um we, you know, just to give you an idea about the Lego bricks, because I feel so passionate about it. Um, most other places, like when you go and listen through a lecture or you watch a lecture, at best, you're getting like a 20 minute or 30 minute thing. And that's hard to listen to on repeat. And so out of the gate, we were doing like three to five minute chunks, which are a lot more repeatable. Um, but after we, we got going a few years into it, it dawned on us that we could get even more granular because even in a three to five minute audio course, um, in, uh, sorry, audio track, the course is a bunch of those kind of added on top of each other. But even in one of those tracks, like there might be a two minute portion that you've already got, like you don't need to hear it again. You totally got it. It's easy to you. It's natural for whatever reason. And maybe there's like a minute part where it's like, ah, oh, man, I just need to isolate that part because that part is really hard for me to remember. And I don't know why it is, but I'd rather isolate it. And so now our audio's broken down even further. Like some, some little chunks are like 30 seconds long. Other chunks are like a minute and a half. And so it really depends. But basically, we try to isolate the concept. And some of the concepts don't make any sense without some greater context. And so you do get some longer ones. I think our longest now is like two or three minutes because it's a pretty involved mnemonic. But, um, but yeah, so I mean, we're, we're trying to incorporate uh, as much as we can in terms of memorization, you know, even to the point where we offer optional classical background music. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, memory palaces are certainly cool. You get basic mnemonics sometimes in other courses, but they're here and there and kind of haphazard, but uh, memory palaces are cool, man. Just like visualizing, going on a journey. And so we try to incorporate those as well. Well, it's amazing how, how powerful the mind is. And that's kind of why I was asking, right? Because it's a tool that I think is underutilized. And if we can trigger some of these things with mnemonics and, you know, really just any different type of technique or trick. Yeah, physical activity, positivity, yep. yep. It makes yeah, a huge difference. 
Yeah. You want to light your mind up, you know, and there's so many people that I feel like live beneath their privileges, so to speak. They're just sitting at a computer, putting on weight, balding, and like just stressing with their mind. And the only physical thing they're doing is like clicking their mouse yep. for an hour, two yep. hours, three hours, 10 hours preparing for the bar exam. And it's just like, oh man, that's, not that. fun. that's no fun. So. All right. So I, I lied. I have two more questions. The, so first question um, family life, how speaking about, of family life, who's in your background? Someone being tortured uh, in a closet back there. Oh man, just banging on the door, wanting to come in. <laughs> oh man, you should have him come in or her. Come no, in. seriously, say hi, man. Um, so tell me about business and family life. What, what are some of your perspective? How do you manage both? Cause you know, raising a family, I think you and I are on the same page when it comes to values and really helping our kids grow, but sometimes it's so hard to be able to do that and mm. run and grow your business. Yeah. Yeah. It is staying hard to keep a good balance. Um, you know, it's said that there's no such thing as done, but you feel that all the more as an entrepreneur, like I just see this mountain, like this huge mountain. And the thing is this mountain continually grows like with every idea that I get. And sometimes I can feel buried by that mountain and it's hard to come out, you know, and get air and to spend time with family. And so um, I've tried a few different things and I'm still trying to, to work out the best system. I love working project-based rather than hour based right like i hate being a slave to the clock which you are in a traditional work setting and i just i hate that like i hate thinking about what i'm doing that way so everything's kind of project based but if you're doing things project based and you hate leaving something half finished then it can be really hard if you haven't quite finished a project and so I've thought of a few different things, like how can I commute to my home office, you know, just to kind of break from, uh, you know, break my office apart from the rest of my house. So one way I've tried to commute is by doing, you know, 30 pushups on the way to work, basically, yeah. you know, like, so I'll do some pushups or exercise, like there's this exercise equipment back here. Um, so I've tried things like that. And I've tried uh, to also do some things like that on the way home from work to say, okay, now this is, this is done. Like I'm switching gears. I'm hanging that up. I don't want to be thinking about work. Um, one thing that I, I came up with fairly recently that I like and hope to implement with better discipline is I've got kind of my goals for each day. And usually I'm too aggressive with those goals. I'm unfortunately. And so I, I end up feeling like I've under performed um, perpetually, which isn't always fun, but, um, but I've decided I'll, I can use a mix of the hourly and performance model where I go, once I get done those projects that are in my calendar that I feel are important today, like I'm done, like I'm done for the day. I am rewarded. I don't have to come up with new projects. So I could be done at noon. Like I could be done at two or three. It just depends how productive I am. But if I don't get done, I've got a hard stop at 4 p.m. period, exclamation point. Um, and, the only, and, and the reason it's so like people will be like, oh, man, like you're lazy getting done at four. Like I'm working the five or six, but there are times when there are fires. Right. And it's like I need to account for that possibility. And um, and I take time off too. But, you know, there's times where I have to pull all nighters and it's just it's have to right? like it's not like 
I really have a choice in the matter. And I also made a rule if I pull an all nighter, then I, unless there's still a fire going on, like I don't work the next day, you know? So I've got these kind of safety rails now. I actually took a break from being full-time with my company for about a year and a half. I worked part-time at uh, BYU Law School and that was really helpful for me to kind of get my sanity back and not be so burnt out with, well, the startup phase was the worst, man. Yeah. It was the worst. Now it's a little bit easier, but I'm still sometimes over aggressive in my goals. So like having that safety net of saying 4 p.m. done has been a huge blessing and helped me balance things out a little bit more. I like it. Those are fantastic techniques and, and things to try. I mean, you know, I think it's an ever evolving so problem and a solution that we're trying to find right yeah well, what have you fantastic. what have you done you know to help you yourself well you know i think the couple of the things that you've said you know just having like being at home makes it nice because i can stop and go eat you know lunch mm, yeah. and spend like half an hour 45 minutes playing with the kids or i can mm -hmm. you know this this morning i got going at like 10 o'clock and so i spent the morning playing with the kids and talking to my wife and so just adjusting um things around like that. And sometimes I do work late, but I think, you know, again, stopping early so you can spend that time with family. Cause that's why we're doing what we're doing anyway. Right. Yeah. We're, oh, yeah. we're trying to help other people by the products and services that we offer, but at the same time, we've got to also, I mean, we're doing it so we can spend time with our family and have time with our family. Right. Have that freedom. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing thing to have that kind of freedom. We're super fortunate. Absolutely. Okay, so this last question is one of my favorites. I ask it every episode. And the question essentially is, if you were given one day to live, what would, <laughs> what would the advice be that you'd give or the legacy that you would hope to leave mm -hmm. to your family, friends, clients, business gotcha. associates? I'd go skydiving, <laughs> I'd go rocky mountain climbing. I just, I just now heard that the other day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So what advice would I give people? I, I think I would pass along. Um, so my mom always taught me growing up that relationships were everything. That at the end of the day, you know, in the next life, that's going to be all that matters. And, you know, as a Christian and a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you know, you're taught that the two highest laws are love. You love God, right? You love each other. It's all about relationships. But I loved how my mom put it, you know, it's just relationships, your friends, your family, um, people who are trying to convert to your friends that might not particularly like you at this time, you know, your, your enemies, if you will, but it's not really healthy to kind of think of people around you as enemies, I think. And so uh, just stressing relationships, right? And then, and then just spending the rest of the day showing that that's what I truly believe in by spending time with those closest to me. And so I'd love, you know, I got to play catch with my son, you know, I don't need to give him a, a sermon or anything, just just let them know, look, it's all about love. It's all about relationships. And let's, you know, we, most of our time together has been spent playing catch and let's, let's do that some more. And I love how, like when you're doing catch, uh, you're engaging with each other as equals, like you're engaging in a dialogue, if you will. And I feel like that's just something that helps build relationships. Just looking at as everybody as your equal, you know, your dad, your kid, 
your sister, your mother, your wife, like we're just all equals. I believe that, you know, and, um, and so to, uh, to give a big long lecture, like is kind of like putting yourself above people, like you have to look to me, whatever. And so, um, and, and I think, you know, one thing to keep in mind, and this is just, I mean, we're doing this podcast here. It's super lopsided. You've asked me all these questions. I asked you one, you know, it's kind of the nature of the beast where it's like, oh, Adam's special, right? Because he's being interviewed on this cool podcast. But uh, like, that's just one little thing, right? Like I could have interviewed you and we could have gotten just as much awesome stuff, right? And we could have asked somebody off the street some questions. And so just stressing love and equality, like equality of, of humanity. No one's above another. I love that, man. That's such a good answer. And I think, you know, that really is one of the reasons I love doing this podcast so much because mm -hmm. everybody out there has a story and it's a great story. And people, you know, I talk to lots of people like, well, oh, I don't have a good enough story. I don't. And I'm like, no, yeah. you don't get it. You do. We all have mm -hmm. a story. We all have similar challenges or obstacles or, you know, hero type moments that those are the things that if we come together as a group, we can build and lift each other to heights we never thought possible. Amen, so, brother. Dude, it's, it's just so fun. I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed this podcast and you, you know, you just have such an amazing um, personality and, and excitement and enthusiasm for life. And I, and so I really appreciate you being able to share that um, and be on this, this podcast episode. Um, Likewise, it's been a blast. Absolutely, man. If somebody wants to reach out to you and connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Or check out Crescendo. Yeah, well, if you're checking out Crescendo, I mean, just go to crescendo.com and just remember it's C-R-U, like you're crushing it, you know. Um, and then if you want to reach out to me, I think LinkedIn is a, is a good way. If your message looks like it's copied and pasted, I may not respond to it right away, if at all. It's hard because I get a lot of messages like that. But I'm looking to engage with people in more organic ways. So if you send me a message and it's just like, hey, I heard your podcast with, you know, David Deal, it's cool. Um, I'd love to connect, then I would be totally happy to connect. And so that would be a good way to do it. Just make sure you're not like spamming me. <laughs> I love it. There's definitely a lot of that going around these uh, days. Lots of noise yeah. for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, awesome, man. Again, I appreciate your time. Uh, this has been an amazing episode. And for everybody out there, remember to infuse hope to those in need by teaching correct principles that lead to result-driven action. Take care and make it an awesome day. Are you tired of using 10 different platforms to manage your CRM, your Google My Business reviews, text campaigns, email campaigns, calendar invites, website builds? I was too. I used ClickFunnels, Kartra, Jotform, Calendly, you name it, I tried it. I came to the conclusion that I needed one software platform that could do all of this in one place. With Sluicebox, I was able to do all of this and more. Go check out sluicebox.io today to change your life and make it that much easier and that much more simple to manage all of your leads, all of your customers, and everybody in one spot. Sluicebox.io. Are you ready to learn how you can take your life and your business to the next level? Learn how you can create side income and have different assets pay for your life and your lifestyle? Tune in next week to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. This is Dave Deal signing out. Thank you so much and have a great week.